on this episode. It's a deep dive into the weird world of hot sauce branding. This is Spice Town. All right, dude, have you ever noticed how the packaging on hot sauces looks so terrible? Yeah, it's like kind of gnarly across the board. Lots of butts, dicks, demons. And if you're a fan of hot sauce, you've probably noticed this too. So I wanted to find a marketing expert who could explain this phenomenon to me. Enter Liz Dolan. Liz is a pro. Her resume sparkles from top to bottom. She was the head of marketing at Nike and the Oprah Winfrey Network for many years, and she's a successful podcaster herself. Liz was kind enough to walk me through what we look at when we look at hot sauce. We, me and you, recently visited a hot sauce shop. Um, well, I did a little homework for you, CJ. Yeah, no, I very appreciate You said it. you wanted to talk about hot sauce. You know, I went to my local grocery store here, just the pavilions down the street, and they only had three brands on the shelf. So sure. I thought, that is just not going to cut it. So I had to go to the hot sauce store down at the LA Farmer's Market. And there's a lot of novelty sort of hot sauces there. And they touch on a, a specific kind of hot sauce, which is very aggressive branding, very um, <laughs> yes. kind of sort of depraved at times. And that's a big subject that I want to discuss with you is is sort of what is it about these brands? Um, what is it that they're aiming to do? What is it we hope to get out of them when we buy these products um you had a couple of names written down of hot sauces that caught yeah your i eyes. did you know just sort of looking at what i saw saw in the regular grocery store and what i saw in the hot sauce store the it seemed like there was a a bunch of brands that were all basically like mexican brands you know and marketing themselves very much the packaging and everything about their brand name was mexican then there were the louisiana hot sauces and that was another whole subset and then the third set is what i would call death and destruction brands that were almost entirely about killing you or killing someone else there was uh burn in hell osama uh there was last will and testament uh, there was one just called Pain and Suffering. Um, there was one called Mean Green Motherfucker. You know, so there were, I would say, almost everything in the hot sauce store fell in the death and destruction category. Sure. <laughs> I guess nobody goes there to buy your basic bottle of Cholula. Yeah. So that that's a lot of that iconography that you even bring up in the titles. We can kind of guess, you know, yeah. what these bottles might even look like. Um, yeah, guess what the bottle for Biker Bitch hot sauce looked like. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't even need to explain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and it's interesting because there's uh, these these labels are kind of littered with these cartoonish sort of figures of yeah. um, cartoon men kind of looking buffoonish and, you know, uh, you know, there's like fire coming out of their butt or right. something, you know, ridiculous. There like was that. one. There was one called like Hot Farts or something yeah. like that, which was actually, yeah, fire coming out of a butt. So what is it that these brands do you think from your work experience, what are, what are they trying to do? What are, what are we supposed to understand when we look at these labels and these titles uh, and we're just trying to buy a bottle of hot sauce? Well, I'd, I'll tell you what any brand tries to do, mm-hmm. right? Because hot sauce brands aren't any different than anything else. If you're on a shelf 
uh, in a store, you're trying to stand out in some unique way, right? Mm-hmm. Someone You have to catch someone's eye, they're walking by, and there has to be something about what you're doing with your name and your packaging that makes them stop and look, first of all, and differentiates you from the other things right next to you on the shelf, because obviously you're grouped with like products. So somehow you have to look different but the same, which is what is very complicated about this kind of packaging, because you want to look different than the other hot sauces next to you, but you need to look like a hot sauce. Yeah. (laughs) So, and that is harder than you think. I mean, that's why everyone ends up with pretty much the same color palettes. I mean, there were a few that I saw that were in like blues and silvers, but no, almost everything is red Mm because it's hot. They're trying to communicate the basic piece of communication hot. Um, Yeah, that's, you know, the first thing. So you have to be differentiated, but then you have to clearly be in a category. And more than anything else, you have to tell a story. You have to know as, you know, head of marketing at at Nike or something like that, Mm -hmm. like who's buying your product. When you look at these bottles, do you get a sense of who might be buying these products? Or yeah. is it just kind of like, it's, it's it, that same thing. It it's, seems so ridiculous. It seems, well, it's funny though. It's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Because on the one hand, when you're designing a product, any kind of product, whether it's sneakers or hot sauce or cars, it is a good idea to have the ultimate consumer in mind. And because you're supposed to understand their needs and desires and what will appeal to them. If you design the hot sauce that is called Last Will and Testament, then you're kind of picking your consumer, right? You're You're not saying, you're not understanding you, CJ, and saying, what would what would CJ love? Let's make the ultimate hot sauce for CJ. Instead, you're going the other way, and you're saying there's a guy out there that just wants the super hardcore, hottest, meanest looking sauce ever, and I'm going to put it in this you know mean motherfucker kind of packaging because that's how he's going to know. Mm-hmm. So you're you're sort of picking your niche and going after it. I you know obviously that works in some cases. It seemed to me, though, that there were so many of them that were picking the same strategy that mm, that really was. It wasn't helping them in the fundamental thing you need your packaging to do, which is to differentiate you from the other people on the shelf. Okay, so stop me if uh, I have a a kind of a theory about a sort of new brand of hot sauces that are kind of popping up that have like a more palatable appearance. You know, Uh, again, some of the bottles that I sent you had, you know, like a twine uh, wrapped around the neck and um, you know it was called Queen Majesty and it had coffee and red habanero and stuff like that in it. This to me sort of seems to resemble the kind of shift in food that we've seen many times before like particularly in beer packaging. A long time ago there was Bud Light, there was Coors Light, there was Coors but now there's kind of like this whole wide range of like slightly more interesting and kind of captivating uh, branding that goes on in in beers, do you think kind of the same thing might be happening in hot sauces with sure, sort examples of like craft this? Craft hot sauces yeah. is what you're describing, a sort of craft movement or artisanal hot sauces. Yeah, yeah for sure. It, that's why it is so surprising that everyone has chosen the death and destruction style of branding as opposed to, say, um, just looking at the foodie movement across the United States and how ingredient-focused people have become in all food categories. That's why I was so surprised there wasn't more world cuisine yeah. influence in the hot sauces I saw because you would think that would be a natural for the same reason. Do you think that this is kind of like a method for success? Or do you think in the long run they'll still end up in the same niche category, the hipster hot sauces or something like yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. 
what I don't know is what the ultimate market size could be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems to me looking at like all of these hundreds of hot sauces that all basically with the with the super aggressive packaging, I'm sure they all taste exactly the same or there certainly wouldn't be anything on the packaging that would lead me to think that this tastes different than that. It's all just, you know, hot ass devil sauce or yeah. or some spin on that. So all of a sudden if I start to see packages turning up that are more that the story they're telling is more about the quality of their ingredients and where they came from. Uh, that would be that would be a whole whole new niche in the market, and would presumably appeal to the people who are shopping and cooking more carefully now than ever before. So yes, I agree with your theory that that could be that could be a good way to go. I just don't know how big the ultimate market is anyway. Yeah. So even if you got ten percent of it, twenty percent of it. Um, how big is that? I don't know. Yeah. So you you. Kind I'm of talking like a real merchant, right? No, like a real no, marketer. It, it it is kind of insane, though. You know, you you see that these brands, and they almost seem to want to shock you out of not getting yeah their <laughs> their food when really it should be. Yes. <laughs> the, the you know opposite. what I'm a total sucker for though when it comes to like marketing and merchandising of food products is if someone is standing in the aisle actually sampling their product that it looks like they made at home in their kitchen. Mm -hmm. I always fall for that. I always taste it and I always buy it. In fact, half the barbecue sauces I have here in my home, because I've been in one of the good grocery stores around here, and somebody who obviously just loves and cares about barbecue sauce a lot yeah. uh, has made their own batches of stuff, and I love that. So if if what you're describing for hot sauce is that same kind of like, I invented this and it tastes delicious, and let me tell you about everything I put in it, and I make it in a big batch on my stove, all of that, I think would be a, that's what I mean about having a story about your yeah. sauce. That's certainly a better story than, you know, burn in hell Osama. Yeah. Um, going back to the idea of, of sort of this like over this like toxic masculinity that seemed to <laughs> like have incorporated itself in part of the market. Do you think that even just like a couple of the ideas that you've been discussing would make this more marketable to to a, a more like female audience? Um, like because it doesn't seem like this is a, a marketing for. Yeah. Well, that, that's why it surprises me that there are so many of these little niche brands with the toxic masculine yeah. packaging because women buy most of the food in the country. And uh, so the I would think if you were really trying to appeal, the premium brand uh, that would have ingredient-focused, quality-focused kind of packaging but still feel special and super hot, that would be something that would jump off the shelf to more women, I would think, than hot-ass devil sauce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Though I hate to make sweep, sweeping generalizations about who would buy what, but sure. the... Again, this but this is all a marketing choice. Yeah. This is so. all a marketing choice you make. If you want to be a big brand, you have to appeal to the people that buy most of the products. Mm-hmm. And most of the food in America is bought by women. But that's a, you know, that's one of the hard marketing things. You want to be presumably you want to be big. Mm-hmm. But you also want to be special in right. in any brand. So, doing those two things at the same time uh, if you just want some, you don't want to be just some mass-produced sauce 
the hot sauce, you're not going to be able to compete against the, those brands that are already out there. So it can be it can appeal to a broader audience without looking like it's just some mass market, more expensive version of something. Yeah. But it's hard to do. It's yeah. really hard to do. Yeah. Thank you so much, Liz. Okay. I really appreciate it. <laughs> was this interesting? <laughs> yeah, this was really great. <laughs> I, I, I hope it was helpful. I don't really know that much about hot sauce. but No, I mean, I think that just having your eye and having your sort of uh, critical analysis was super helpful. And okay. I really appreciate your time. Thank you again so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks, CJ. This is fun. You can hear Liz on either of her podcasts. She hosts Satellite Sisters as well as I Hate My Boss, which I also produce. This episode of Spice Town was produced by CJ Ballesteros and edited by me, Cameron Kell. CJ did the theme song, and our credit music is by Hash. On our next episode, it's Indian food with ghost peppers. Ghost peppers.